0: Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Your son is starting up again in the fall, right? So we're over now. We're celebrating wrapping up the school, but it's going to be exciting. Isn't that exciting uh, what God is doing amongst us? And, and so you'll be hearing more about Tahila Ministry School as we move into the fall season. As Jen just mentioned, it is part of our Vision 100, and we shared this vision last fall as far as moving forward, and I just wanted to update everybody. Um, You've been so great to respond to this vision that we put forward, and this is helping us go above and beyond what we regularly do, the school being a part of that. We were already able to sew $100,000 together into Russia. Greg Swinimer is going to be here in a couple of weeks. You're going to hear more about the stories, things that are going on uh, in Siberia, and Gila Ministry School, we're still got a little ways to go. As you heard Jen say, we're developing a five-year plan. We've got enough to get rolling. Uh, but maybe you're here today and that's something that's close to your heart. You would like to continue to invest. And so you can check out our Vision 100 website. It's connected to our First Assembly website. And so thank you for your consideration in getting on board with us uh, to uh, just continue to move the vision forward as a church as we move into the future. How many are so thankful for this amazing worship team that we have? Aren't they amazing? Let's give them a big hand. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Well, we're just going to dive right into the word this morning, and we're also going to prepare uh, for a time of communion. As we conclude, just in a few moments, John chapter 10. If you have a Bible today, uh, you can go there. You can turn in your Bibles or you can turn on your Bibles Uh, depending on what kind of Bible you have, you can look at the screens as well. Over these last number of weeks, we've been looking at the I am statements of Jesus. In the Gospel of John, there are seven statements. Jesus says, I am, and then he gives a picture describing who he is. When he's saying, I am, he is saying that I am God. He is saying, I am that I am. I am God who appeared to Moses at the burning bush. And so as he is making these statements about himself, he is saying, here's who I am. Here's who God is. And it's an invitation by Jesus for us to not just learn more about him in our head knowledge. But friends, it's an invitation for us to go deeper, to know who he is. God calls us to know him personally, not just a theological idea or concept of who he is. But God invites all of us to know him at a deeper level. Level And so as we look into I am, we're learning more about Jesus and we're responding to his invitation. When I started the series just a few weeks ago, we talked about the I am statement of Jesus saying, I am the bread of life and how Jesus says, if you want to follow me, that you have to invite me into your life. You have to consume me. And we talked about how we are in Christ and we are and, and he is in us. And it's a mystery, but he is the one that fulfills all of our longing and all of our our needs in life. A couple weeks ago, we heard about Jesus' statement, I am the light of the world. And how Jesus brings illumination and light to our lives. So today, in chapter 10, as I mentioned, we're looking at, there's two I am statements that we find here. And they are connected to each other. So next week, we're going to be looking at the second. The first one is this one. Here's where we're going today. I am the door. And next Sunday, we're going to be looking at, I am the good shepherd. So we find them both in this passage of scripture. So let's read, uh, starting from verse seven. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep and all whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for these moments. God, as we gather in your presence and in your name, We thank you, Jesus, that you are inviting us in to know you more intimately. God, we don't want just head knowledge today. We want to experience you at a deeper level in our lives. And so we pray that by your spirit, you would change us by your word. And by your spirit, we would become more like you, Jesus. We would know you more intimately. And God, you would continue to breathe your freshness into our lives as we follow you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. There are all kinds of doors in this world. Um, On your way to church today, you would have walked through multiple doors to get here. I was thinking about that myself. I thought, you know, how many doors? I was thinking at least 10, maybe more, doors that I walked through. When I left my house, I got in my car. There's a car door. There's an office door. There's a doorway into this building. There's There's several doors that we all walk through. I wonder how many doors that you would have walked through over this past week. Perhaps hundreds, maybe even thousands of doors going into uh, somewhere else. Um, I've, I kind of have a fascination with doors. A uh, little bit of information about, about me, kind of the way I'm wired. I do have a bit of an artistic side. Uh, and and I, I like how doors look. I like what they represent. I'm curious about doors, uh, and, and I was going through my Instagram feed And I, I found a number of pictures Here's just a few of them Pictures that I've taken just of doors Buildings and doors I just, It's just how I am So this door here was a, a ski shack I guess on the top of Grouse Mountain This would have been five, six years ago at least And I, I remember, you know I, I took a picture of that building And, and I'm kind of weird I'm, just, I'm letting in on this, alright Just in case you didn't already know this I'm a little strange so I'm thinking to myself, when I see a door, I'm like, what's on the other side of that? What's happening? What's the scene? Like, is there a, a trapper in there with a beaver hat and a lumberjack shirt? And, it, you know, like, I know it's weird, isn't it? Like, you're not laughing. You're not comforting me. You're, you're c- confirming that it is weird. Please tell me somebody else is like this. But I, I just, I, my imagination, like what's on the other side of that door? So then there's, so that's, that's who I am. There's another door that I, I was, uh, took a picture of. This was in Europe. When I was there a number of years ago, I was walking down a cobblestone street, and I stopped. And the door—I just thought the door, the history, you know, what, what, what? How many people walk through? Who walked through this door? The generations of people. Here's another one. Took this picture of a door. That now Heather is in front of this door. You can kind of barely see her in the picture, but she's wearing red, so she blends right in. But this is in the Maritimes. This is on our trip. One time when we were there in Prince Edward Island, it's a door of a lighthouse. Uh, This is another door in Quebec City. We were with the family a couple summers ago and took a picture. We said, well, there's a pretty door. Let's go stand in front of the door. Doors lead us somewhere new. Doors are fascinating because there's something happening on the other side of that door that we are not yet experiencing. Uh, Doors lead us into new things. Doors lead us into new places. Doors lead us into new spaces, new opportunities, new relationships. Doors lead us into things. Doors then also lead us out to things. Doors lead us out to new experiences. Doors lead us out to a new freedom, uh, a a new environment, something more for us to experience than we are experiencing just moments before walking through another door. Uh, Maybe this is why doors are so fascinating. Maybe this is why doors grab our attention. Maybe this is why we don't think about doors too much, because uh, in one hand, they're fascinating. On the other hand, we just go through doors because they're there. There was uh, a person, you may have heard of this famous person, uh, Temple Grandin, and her famous quote is, the door opened and I walked through it. Uh, She uh, was very much a uh, professor and inventor, um, very much instrumental in revolutionizing the cattle industry with some of her inventions. Also, a very highly functioning autistic person, but kind of had this obvious statement that the door opened and I walked through it. That's what doors are for. Doors are to actually walk through something else. In the scripture, doors speak of new opportunities. The Apostle Paul said, a wide open door of effective work has opened before me. And he said, I, I'm gonna stay here in Ephesus. I'm gonna stay to Pentecost because God is opening a door of opportunity for the gospel here. There was a sense that Paul had, that God had a new door, a new opportunity for him to walk into. Jesus even told us when we pray that we should, that we should ask and we should seek and we should knock. And when we knock, then that door will be what? It will be opened to us in prayer. There's a new opportunity that God has as we understand what it means to walk through a door. Today, you know, as I was praying this week, I was thinking about this congregation. I was thinking about you. I was praying for you. And I was thinking about what God has for us as a church, what he has for families, what he has for individuals. And I really believe that there are doors for you that God has called you to walk through. I believe that there's a new door for many people today. For some of you today, uh, you are here and you are spiritually seeking and you've been looking around. You've been you've been knocking on different doors. You've been opening different doors, but there is a door and his name is Jesus and he is here and he is inviting you in and to walk through that door to experience life like you've never known it. Maybe you've tried other religions, you've tried other ways, you've tried other uh, philosophies in life, you've tried self-help, you've tried all these things, and you still are empty on the outside. I believe for you today that Jesus is saying, I am the door. And for you to walk in from where you are into a new place in a new space, and he's invited you in. I believe there's others here today. That there's new doors of opportunity for you in life. There's new seasons, there's new relationships. Some of you today feel stuck. You feel stuck in the place that you are, the place that you've always been, the place that you feel like I, this is my lot in life. This is all that there is. And I believe Jesus is inviting you today to come and walk in and through him into a new place and into a new space. There's a door of opportunity for you today in Christ. Maybe others, there's a business opportunity. It's a new season. It's a career Uh, Some of you have been praying about that. You've been thinking about that. Is this the door that God has for me? I feel like for some of you, you say, is that too much for me? Am I going to be able to make it? I feel like God is saying there could be someone here today that God is saying, go, that door is for you. That door is for you. Don't second guess it. It's a door of blessing. It's a door and you have what it takes. You have what it takes to make it. And to walk through that door and to not second guess it, but to know that Jesus is saying, I am the door. When we, when we walk through the door, when we walk through with Jesus, as Jesus is in us and, and living around us, and as we, our life is hidden in Christ with God, as we walk through the door, every door we walk through as we follow him is a door that he provides for us into a new place. Doors are powerful. And there are so many uh, truths that are packed into this passage of scripture. I want us to focus on three transformational things that I believe we need to understand about Jesus saying, I am the door. And so we're gonna look at that. Before we do that, let's back up a little bit and look at the context of this of this passage. We need to understand that in chapter 10, as Jesus begins to talk about, I am the door, he talks about it in the context of a sheep and shepherds. He's talking uh, uh, about a place um, where, where sheep are following a shepherd. And there's a, a, a place that he calls us to hear his voice and to follow him. Earlier though, in chapter nine, this whole conversation of Jesus saying, I'm the door, it comes from a place where a man was blind from birth. Jesus heals him. He heals him with mud and, and saliva. And he heals him by putting the saliva in the mud on his eyes. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, were offended by this. They couldn't believe it. First of all, the way that Jesus did the miracle. Secondly, that this, guy's, this guy uh, was healed on the Sabbath, which was against the way that they would ever see something happening. They were so offended by the way that Jesus did something that they actually missed the fact that this man, who was blind, could now see. That's a good thing for us to remember. Sometimes we can actually... Miss the miracle because we're offended by the way we think God should work. The, the way we think God is working. We, we, we have preconceived notions of, of what is happening and what God is doing. Sometimes we can be so wrapped up in our own rules that we miss the miracle. So let's not miss the miracle. But this man, though, who was healed, he was, he was then excommunicated. He was kicked out of the community. So here's this man. He was blind his whole life. He had no future. Now he has sight. Now he has hope. Now he has a future. But the same community that he was part of, now they excommunicated him, they kick him out. But Jesus says, listen, I will never kick you out. And I love this this verse in chapter nine. It just kind of sets up the context uh, for what Jesus is saying here this morning. This is what he said. This is what it says. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and he went out and found him. And he asked him, do you believe in the son of man? How many are thankful that Jesus went out and found you. He went out and found you and me. And what he is this, is... this is amazing. It wasn't just about this man finding a door. Some people say, Oh, I found Jesus. Well, friends, that's true. But you know what? Jesus found you first. And in some sense, it's a door who found him. And Jesus himself went out and he said, Listen, you're going to kick people out. You're, you're, listen, this man who's hungry, who's open. He, he, it's not about religion for him. It's about, it's about relationship, and he invites him in. And he, so he says that he found him. And then Jesus begins to talk about, I am the door. So here's these um, truths we're gonna look at today. First of all is this. This is what we see when Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus is the only door to salvation, the only door to salvation, This is what it means. When Jesus said, I I am the door, he was talking about it in the context of of sheep. And in that culture, they they would have these these areas that they would make these sheep pens, I guess. And and at nighttime, they would put all kinds of sheep inside and, and they would be sheep often from different flocks. And at night, they would be there to be protected and there would be somebody at the door, the porter. And then there would be somebody also that would uh, that would be there to as a shepherd who would come maybe in the morning and would call the sheep. And as, as the sheep heard the voice, they would run to their shepherds. I could see the, them kind of letting out the sheep from these, these sheep pens. And they would run to their respective shepherds because they would hear the voice of, of the shepherd. And Jesus is saying that he is... Uh, the door to the sheep. In other words, he is the place, he is the door in the place where the sheep find safety. He is the door into the place of protection. He is the door in that place of, of holding. And then he says also that he is the shepherd where they hear his voice and they come running to him. But Jesus then is the only door to salvation. So we have to ask the question, what are we saved from? Saved from what then? If Jesus is saving us, And the picture is that it's protection and he's keeping us and saving us in that place. What is he protecting us from? He's protecting us from sin. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, you understand and know very well that Jesus saves us from our sin. And he is the protector and and the one who saves us from sin. And when we say he saves us from sin, it's not just that we're now forgiven for all the wrong things we did, although we are. But when we understand salvation biblically, Salvation means that we have been saved. How many are thankful that your past is forgiven? You have been saved. And he saves you from your past. And you are being saved. He saves you in your present. The Bible says that we got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, we are all in process. That we are all being saved even right now. Jesus is saving us. Even today as we've come to church, you may have been saved. Your sins have been forgiven. But guess what? There's new saving for you today. There's new revelation of how he has saved you. What he is saving you from. His grace is for you even now. So it's past. And he saves us from the, the power and the penalty of sin. And he saves us even now from the power of sin in the present. And then one day, friends, Jesus is going to save us completely from the presence of sin. How many you are looking forward to that day? There will be no more sin. There will be no more tears. There will be no, no more sorrow. We're going to spend eternity with him. And sin, once and for all, will be completely broken and annihilated from our lives in any way. But Jesus saves us. When we think about this in our culture, that Jesus is the only door to salvation. It's kind of, it's kind of a hard one to swallow in the world that we live in today, because a lot of people say, well, there's a lot of ways to God. There's a lot of gods out there. So how could, how could you say that Jesus is the only way? Well, first of all, I'm not saying it. Jesus himself is saying, I am the door. (laughs) So we have to come to terms with that. You know, if it were up to you and me, and and, you know, we would just maybe maybe we would see it a different way, but this is what it comes down to in our faith. We have to look at the words of Jesus. What is he inviting us into? He is saying, I am the door. And man, that does not sit well in our culture because people say, well, there's got to be all kinds of ways, and it's so it's so narrow to say that Jesus is the only way. Well, I want to just flip that around a little bit and help us look at it from this perspective in one sense it is narrow and jesus says himself that he is the door he is the way to salvation but on the other sense it is not narrow at all because the message of the good news the message of the gospel the message of jesus is this way is open to everybody to come it's not it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter uh, how old you are it doesn't matter uh, how much money you have or you don't have it doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made it doesn't matter uh, what country you were born in. It doesn't matter uh, what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter the personality type that you are. It doesn't matter what your preferences are. You are all invited. It doesn't matter how much you've failed in the past. Jesus says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. And he invites us in. And so this invitation by Jesus is narrow, but It's broad. And he invites us in to salvation. It's an exclusive truth claim. But friends, in the culture that we live in today, we have to understand and we have to know as followers of Jesus that Jesus still is the way, the truth, and the life. There's another I am statement that he makes that we're gonna look at later. Jesus said, I am the way. The only way to the Father is through him. This is the statement of Jesus. This is his truth claim. I was, you know, thinking about this. Um, I was traveling recently and uh, over in Northern Europe on, on mission a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I got off the flight. It was an overnight flight, I guess. I don't know if it's day or night. You know, when you leave here at one day and you land somewhere else, it's the morning. But I, for me, it was the middle of the night. And I got off and I, I'm in the airport in Amsterdam and I looked to see where my connecting flight was. It was just an hour and a half, two hours until uh, the next flight. So I went and I found the gate. And then I realized that the gate was changing. And so I thought, okay, well, it's not this gate, it's another gate, but you know, I have time. I'm gonna go get a snack. And so I went and I got something. And then I made my way back to the gate and I'm kind of half asleep. And then as I'm getting in you know, that little tunnel, you go through and you're, you're actually like onboarding the plane. On, you go through those little doors and then you go down that ramp. As I'm walking there, I'm thinking, I hope I'm at the right gate. I hope I'm going on the right plane. Now, obviously, you know, we have tickets we scan and everything, and it's kind of hard to do that. But there are stories back in the day when we had paper airplane tickets. People getting on one flight and ending up somewhere else. Like, that doesn't happen as much today. But I I was so tired, I had that thought. I thought, if I got on this plane, what if this plane is taking me somewhere else that I desire to go? And Jesus is saying that he is the door. That there, there is one way to heaven there's one way to the father and it is through him jesus is the only door to salvation here's what he says in matthew's gospel enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate narrow is the road that leads to life and only few find it friends jesus is the way he is the door He invites you and me and all of us to walk through that door. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ personally in your life, if you have not received his forgiveness, if you have not entered into the door through Jesus Christ, not other philosophies, not other ways, but if you've come to him today, if you come to him today and you say, Jesus, I believe you are the door. You are the way, the truth, and the light. And I come to you and I come through you. You can know today that you are saved and you are going to heaven. Somebody say amen if you're going to heaven. Secondly, Jesus is the door of freedom and flourishing. I just love those words. I've been thinking about those words for almost a year now, freedom and flourishing. And this is the life that Jesus calls us to when he invites us in to walk with him and to follow him. He doesn't invite us into a life of mediocrity. He doesn't invite us into a life of just scathing by and just kind of like, you know, going through life and scathing by, and 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 you know, just kind of a boring existence. Uh, sometimes people, you know, I was a youth pastor for many years, and I have sometimes young people come up to me like they're like, Pastor Ben, I'm just bored being a Christian. And I would just kind of like honestly, point blank, and say, Listen, if you're bored being a Christian. Uh, Jesus isn't the problem. You're the problem. Jesus is not boring. You're boring. You gotta, you know, like, that's the reality. If you're bored being a Christian, you're missing something. You're missing the fact that Jesus is the door to freedom and flourishing in life. If you're bored with your faith, uh, I say this with all respect, but God's not boring, you're boring. So quit being so boring and get to know God and get to know who he is and enter into the door of freedom and flourishing that he offers for you and for me. And this is what it says. There's, there's, it says that they will come and go freely and find good pastures. This is the invitation. Come and go. Uh, back in this time, there were two kinds of sheep pens that they would make. There was a sheep pen that was close to a village or a town and it was a larger sheep pen. And this is the one I described earlier where multiple shepherds would put their sheep overnight to protect them. And then um, out in the country, if a shepherd was going to take his sheep out into green pastures, they would take them sometimes a little further away from the village to go and, and to eat some green grass on the side of the hill. All right. So sometimes the shepherds would be out there and they would stay overnight. So they would make kind of a makeshift sheep pen. And they would make it out of hay or some rocks or whatever. But the shepherd himself, he would make it... Uh, a big circle and he would make one little doorway, but he himself overnight would just stay there in the doorway. He would sleep in the doorway. He would lay down in the doorway where the sheep were safe. And this is a picture that we're going to look at a little bit more next week of the good shepherd, but, but he himself. And then when Jesus was saying, I am the door, in other words, you come into me through me and you go out from me. The, The picture is like the shepherd is the door. There wasn't another wooden door. There wasn't another door that was formed. There was a sheep pen of hay out in the field and the shepherd himself would stay there. The sheep could not go in or out without going through the shepherd. This is what Jesus means when he says, I am am the door. And I want to look at these words real quickly. It says, um, first of all, he said, come. He says, they will come. And so Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There's an invitation for you and me today as we understand Jesus is the door. How do we experience freedom and flourishing? We first come to him. We come to a deeper revelation of him, a deeper relationship with him. He invites us to come to get to know him, not just to know about him but to actually get to know him personally in our lives in a deeper way, to get to know his heart. He invites us to come deeper. He says, come, come close to me. Come into my protection. Come into that place of safety. Come into my family. Come in. You are my sheep. I am your shepherd. And I'm inviting you to come into a place of safety, into a place in me. And he's inviting us to come in to to know him a little deeper. Hebrews says, let us go therefore boldly and come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace so so there's an invitation to come boldly before the throne of god that we would come and then he says go and so when he says they will come and they will go as they come they come through jesus to know him more intimately as the sheep go they go from that place out to green pastures they go out there's freedom there And when you come and go in Christ, it's not that you leave Jesus. It's not like you're in his little sheep pen. And as soon as you step in the world, it's like, oh, I left Jesus behind. The challenge is, is a lot of people who call themselves Christians live that way. They live one way when they're in the sheep pen. And when they're out of the sheep pen, they they don't live like a sheep anymore. They, they, they live their lives separate, but this freedom is not separation from Jesus, the shepherd. This is the shepherd that says, you are my sheep, my mark is on you. You know my voice and I trust you and I have called you to be in me, but then I send you out into the world to go preach the gospel, to go live on mission out from outside the, the sheep pen, outside that place of safety and protection. And it's a picture of them coming and going freely. And this word freedom, he who the Son says free is free indeed. And that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And it's a beautiful picture of this place of freedom where we come closer in to Him in relationship, where we go out in Him. And no matter if we're coming in or going out, we're going through Jesus, the Good Shepherd, our door. He's the door, and when we come in, He's the door when we go out. When you get up, This week, and you go to work, you're walking in to Christ as you come into church. But when you leave and you go to work, you're walking through Jesus into whatever it is you're going through. When you go through a challenge, when you go through a hard time, you walk through Christ. You walk through him, out through him, into everything that he calls you to. I am the door, Jesus is saying. I'm leading you into protection and safety. And at the same time, I'm leading you out to the greatest adventure Of your life. And ask the worship team to come in the communion service to prepare with this final thought Jesus is the door to the more abundant life. This is what it says. He says that the enemy came to steal from you, to rob, and to destroy your life. But Jesus came. He said, I'm the door. You come in and out freely, and you'll experience freedom and flourishing, and green pastures. And ultimately, you will experience abundance. You will experience the abundant life in me. And how do you come in? You remember, you hear his voice. His sheep hear his voice. And he calls us to come in to a deeper relationship with him today. He calls us to come in to a place of protection, a place of safety, a place of depth where we don't just know about Jesus, but we we know him. He is the door. Heaven's door is open for you today. Jesus said, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And the picture is there that Jesus is standing at your door and he is knocking at your door. There's an invitation for you also to open your life to him, but he says then that he is the door that you would walk in to safety and relationship in him. When we think about the cross, as we prepare for communion right now, the cross, in a sense, is a beautiful picture of Jesus, the door. God loved the world so much, he sent his only son, Jesus. Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And Jesus, fully God, fully man, he willingly went to the cross, he hung on that cross. He hung on that cross in the moment of time, the kairos moment, the right time, once and for all. He was there for you and for me and for all humanity on that cross. And he was essentially saying to to the world again, I am the door. I am the door to eternal life. I am the door to freedom and flourishing. I am the door... To life and life more abundantly. And when we talk about life more abundantly, some people say, well, is that just the you know prosperity gospel? And is it all about money and stuff? Listen, let me just say this. In one sense, it's about the fact that God has good things for you. And so don't just throw out the baby with the bathwater. Receive that. When God created Adam and Eve and He created the garden, He said it is good. God's heart for you is goodness. It is goodness, it is life abundantly but we also have challenges and trials in this life and the reality is is that in Christ we can experience the abundant life in the good times and the hard times because abundance is not just about material things abundance is about knowing we have a shepherd a good shepherd who loves us he's the door he's the door in to his heart he's the door into eternity he's the door into the heart of the father he's the door in to safety and protection he's the door out He's the door out as we go. He's the door out into the world. He's the door that we walk into that's a new opportunity, that's a new possibility. He's the door out that leads us into a new environment, a new anointing, a new grace upon our lives, a new, uh, something new God calls us into. He's the door that we walk, he's the door. He is the door. And when he was on the cross, he was saying again to the world, I am the door, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And, and there may be all kinds of doors in this world. But Jesus was saying, you may be looking at every door and there's all kinds of doors and there's all kinds of stories and there's all kinds of ways all over the world. But he's, he was saying once and for all, I am the door. But it's not exclusive in the sense where he says, but everybody is invited to walk through this door. Everybody is invited. Jesus said, he said, to, he said, go to the highways and go to the hedges and compel them to come because the banquet is ready. The party is ready to start. And, and he, is, he was hanging on the cross there saying, I am the door. And he had two thieves on either side of him. Man, that one thief, he just cursed him out. He said, if you're the son of God, if you're God, get yourself down from this cross. And he just rejected Jesus as the door. And everyone here has an opportunity. You can reject Jesus as the door. You have free will to reject Jesus as the door. He said, oh, there's lots of doors. But then friends, there was the other thief on the other side. He said, Jesus, as they were hanging there suffering, he looked over at Jesus. He said, Jesus, would you remember me? There was humility, there was brokenness, there was, there, was, there was openness, there was faith that Jesus, if you really are the way to the Father, if you really are the, who you say you are, uh, I, in this moment, I trust you and I believe. And Jesus looked at him and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Just like that, just today you will be with me. That's, that's the grace of God. Yes. He didn't look over at that man and say, well, were you baptized in water? Did you re- memorize scripture verses? Did you go to a Pentecostal church? Did, did, you, did you do good things? Did you ever murder anybody? Did you ever rob a bank? Who, like, have you ever done something horrible? Are you gay? Are you? Are you? Have you done some kind of horrific thing? Have you? Are you lived an immoral life? Are you sleeping around? Are you somebody in the party world? Are you? Are you somebody that's taking drugs? Are you addicted? Are you overdosed? He didn't say anything about who. The, he just says today you're with me and come through the door. Come through the door right now. I'll take you right where you are, right? You don't have to change to come to me. And this is what people think. Oh, I'd be a Christian, but I got to change. I got to do all this stuff to come to Jesus. But Jesus says, you don't have to, you don't have to clean up to come to me. You just got to come through the door. And when you come through the door, you enter into a whole other realm. you enter into salvation, protection, freedom, flourishing, but you got to go through the door. And Jesus, when he hung on that cross, he was saying, I'm the door. How many are thankful for the grace of God? There's nothing you could do to earn your salvation. There's nothing you could do. And that thief on the cross is such a beautiful picture. It's just right now, you're welcome. Just come. It's such a picture. People can choose one door or another. But those who choose Jesus Christ as the door. They will find salvation. I wonder if you would bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Even right now in this moment, you can receive him and you can reach out to him. I wonder if there would be anyone here this morning who would say, "That's me. I want to receive Jesus in my life. I want him to I want to make him the Lord of my life. I'm coming to Jesus today as the door. I've tried other doors, but today I'm saying, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to to lay my life down. I'm going to ask you to forgive me, my past, my present, and my future. I'm going to receive your forgiveness. Freedom, freedom from the penalty of sin, freedom from the power of sin, freedom from the presence of sin in eternity. I want to receive that freedom and I want to flourish in my life. If that's you here today, would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me, just remember me. I'm, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Would there be some here today? Just raise your hand and hold it up until I can acknowledge you here today. Slip up your hand just so I can remember to pray for you. Slip it up, just be bold. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, in this room today. Lord God, for those who would be coming to you even in this moment, that you would save them and heal them. God, I pray for all of us who know you as Savior and Lord God, even now as we come to this communion table. God, we thank you and we remember that you are the door to our salvation. You are the door. You are the way, the truth, and the life. God, we come to you today receiving your grace and your mercy in Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come at this time and just get usher. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.